Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Maybe I have to get new ones. My last ones, my kids broke as well. I broke these because I ran into my kids' lift-up bar, but the last ones I broke wrestling with my children. So I might have to get some of those sports, those basketball glasses, you know, the ones that wrap around and have the big strap on them. So anyway, try not to try to ignore them. I'm like trying to adjust my hat. So I was like, oh, my glasses straight? Does that look good? Is that, is that good? Um, trying to get my hat to adjust my my broken glasses. <laughs> How's your new year going, everybody? Um, here we are. Galatians. Oh my goodness, you guys. Um, let me uh, let me show you one of the books I'm using for this study. Uh, this one was recommended to me by our friend Dan McClellan. Um, I got a few more books. I've got a lot of books on Galatians, um, but this one here is one I'm, I'm. This commentary right here was one of his recommendations, and so um, so Galatians is what six tiny chapters, and this is all this guy wrote. So I have probably I'll have to bring out all the books next time and put them behind me just on Galatians, so pretty interesting stuff. Oh, just sticking my head. Is that upside down? Yeah, I'll try it one more time. That little, the little button on the hat makes it a lot harder. You know, you would get, uh, get tricks did you galatians uh, sorry i've shaved my beard down to almost nothing so i look like i'm a cop on the edge a loose cannon um i'm really excited about this though um one of the things that's been exciting about reading these these these, these books on galatians is knowing that all these years I, i've gotten a lot of it right so that was nice nice affirmation um, but over the years, as I've grown and my theology has changed, and the more you get into scholarship, the more of a heretic you become, um, at least if it's decent scholarship. Um, anyhow, uh. That's the judge, judgmental side of me coming out. As long as it's, uh, <laughs> this is this will be up there, so you can make it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Josh doesn't use it. <laughs> for, the, for the for the title. Um. So. Yeah, but what, how, I, I'm going to start a little bit different than I've started studies in the past because usually I go through like a bunch of historic things and facts and stuff. But honestly, the more you study, like you start to see these scholars and then like the time, like, oh, it's the first book of the New Testament. Oh, it's the third book of the New Testament. Oh, it's this. So it's just like, welcome, Christopher. So it, it's like, it, it's like all this different, the times move as, as the scholarship grows and, and, and we do know that, 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 that the Galatians are the Gauls, you know, are, um, are, uh, more than likely light skinned, uh, Celtic type people who, uh, were warriors and um, because of the rich history they left behind, we do know that they were uh, uh, liked to battle naked. 
So you really want to freak out. There's like naked people running at you with swords and, and, um, that would just be a way to like attack people today. Like if you're just naked with a sword and a, and a shield, you're like, hey, <laughs> um, so, so we know a lot about the Gauls. We know that, that there has been archeological, archeological evidence that this church actually existed, which is kind of boo, mind blowing. Um, it's just, that's always a nice little extra thing to have, you know, we Christians like to have just to keep in our pocket. Um, cause we often get people, you know, they want to say it's comes from other traditions or things like that and order to like, a reason not to believe. I'm like, if you need a reason not to believe, I can give you a lot, but you don't really need the, you know, bad, bad scholarship to do that. <laughs> I have plenty of reasons to doubt and a lot of good scholarship. So there you go. Um, you don't have to piss on anybody else's parade to give up. Um, Often we want to take people with us, though, right? Or uh, make or get payback. That's the one thing is is uh, it's interesting. Is is the need for revenge, especially in Christianity, and Christians and how they play games with each other's lives. And uh, you know, working on that documentary really reminded me of of about my family. Just reminded me of how petty people become with each other. But we're going to be in Galatians today, and so I was trying to say is that we're not going to go through like the historical context today. We will do that, but this this morning, we're just kind of introduction to Galatians. Why do we think it's a cool book? Um, why do we like it? Um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I'll tell you, one of the reasons this, this book changed my life in much of the way that it did Martin Luther, the reformist life. Of course, I haven't started. No one's, there's not uh, Lutherans, Bakerns. There's not Bakerns. <laughs> and I hope no one will go kill people on my behalf uh, to, to get my type of theology out there. That would be horrible. That would be the opposite um, of grace. Um, but for me, what's really amazing about this very short letter and I think maybe that was the, the, the original reason I was drawn to it as a kid with dyslexia, um, that it was short. <laughs> but it was one of the books that my friend D.E. recommended that I read when I started being like, is this grace thing really true? You know, because it seems like it might be a scam to me or it seems like you're just trying to justify your own sin. And, um, man, so when are you just recently, when I was there for Carlton Pearson's memorial and we stayed at DE's house and man, we, I, I've not laughed that long in a long time because he talked about all the times I would come in and confront him with righteous rebuke. See, nobody, not a lot of you ever got to see the, like, are you sinning? Are you doing that? Are you having premarital sex? Are you smoking the cigarettes? Was, I was smoking the cigarettes, but somehow I was, you know, I was really good at being a, um, a hypocrite, I believe is a god. Very good. I was. I remember. I remember. I would make a really good judgmental Christian. You know, because um, I could be holy terror. Uh, but but that's 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 the rule the Lord chose for me. But this book of Galatians was stuck out to me in the same way that it stuck out to Martin Luther, as though you know he thought God hated him and he was cursed and we were all cursed and we were all i'm gonna i just saw dc my diet coke that i placed way over here so come with me folks a honk a honk a burning love um oh there we are good to see you um would you guys like a real quick tour of the of my little got some cool stuff back there there's mom so if I feel a little distracted, seem a little distracted today, it's only because I got a McDonald's coffee because my favorite bodega got broken into and it doesn't look like they're going to be able to open back up. And it was really sad. I opened to the owner and she said they were closing. So I went to Mickey D's and got coffee and it always is a little bit too much caffeine for me. 
so forgive me for being too caffeinated. I used to just blame that on the Holy Spirit. Um, what was I saying? Oh, but so I thought God hated me as well. And it was the book of Galatians that really helped me. That one, probably 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Ephesians, you know, um, those books really helped me. Um, so, but Galatians was a big one. You know, this concept of grace really blew my mind. And people, I, I, a lot of people will say you need to read Paul through the eyes of Christ. Because a lot of people don't like Paul. Um, but I'm going to say we need to read Paul through the eyes of Paul. And, and the reason I want to say that is because with Paul, we don't have a concept of hell. We have some sort of destruction and death. But there's no mention of hell in Paul in any of Paul's actual writings. Um, and Paul is closer to Jesus than the Gospels. And I think that's what makes hell very suspect to me. Also, that it's more of a Greek mythology um, and second, some second century Judaism in there mixed together. And that's why I think it's worth us taking a bigger and better look at. And also looking at the Gospels as well, but, 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 but we let Paul be Paul, and, and there's, you know, I think we have to do that here. And if that makes you uncomfortable, great. I'm uncomfortable every day. <laughs> every morning my eyes wake up and I go, oh no, it's another one. Um, just kidding. Um, when my kids are here, I don't, because they're just lovely. They're crazy, but lovely, and they keep dad on his toes. But Galatians really has been the, the one that impacted me and is really probably the book that drove me here to being, oh my gosh, yes, I haven't even said this today. This is like we are at 30 years into revolution history now. 30 years of, of, of thousands of lives in and out, almost as many cities. <laughs> um, we, we've tried to start other churches that failed miserably, um, offshoots. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, um, we've been through a lot, a lot of ups and downs. We, I really peaked right before I became an uh, affirming and then kind of peaked a little bit more after affirming and then boom, uh, life got a little bit harder. But it's not about that. It's about the message and what we learn from those ups and those downs and the valleys and the heights. And I probably learn more in the valleys than I do in the heights, you know. And, and so, so Galatians is one of those books, though, that kind of kept me walking through that whole time. And I hope you'll embrace it as well and, and, and be able to study it. Now, the other thing that's wild and why I love the book of, of Galatians, the book of Galatians, is that is that it is one of the greatest books written on grace, but at the same time, um, one demerit for Joel. Um, <laughs> for being late. Um, you get three demerits and you get a free sin. I know it's, it's really weird. Um, at the same time, Galatians is the greatest book written on grace, I think. Um, maybe except for Paul Tillich's book, you are, uh, letter, or sermon, You Are Accepted. <laughs> They're very close, to be honest with you. But it's also, at the same time, it is a rebuke letter and it's also a guy trying to prove his self-worth to his community that he was a part of. And so, if you want to talk about Hegelian contradiction, this is the book right here, man. Because it's just, in every way, it just, the contradictions end up becoming a greater truth. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, a rebuke letter that also makes you feel completely loved and accepted, yet also questions like what these people are doing, which also says at one point wishes that people would castrate themselves because he's so angry at them, you know. And then coming out of that going like, oh, this is going to be my lifelong journey. This book is going to be my lifelong journey. And I think it's that what we see is contradiction. Or, you know, a lot of us may even see it as... Um, as, oh gosh, what's, what, what's what I'm looking for? Um, hypocrisy. 
it's not hypocrisy, but you could see it in that way. And what's beautiful about that, though, is that we often, because we don't allow nuances in the world, because we don't want nuances, because we're afraid of nuance, especially in the last, it seems like the last 10 years of the, is that you can say, well, that's just, they're being hypocrites, you know, or, you know, we can't have uh, contradiction, but contradiction, life without contradiction is impossible. So what you learn to do is you, the contradictions you can deal with and that don't work, there's some contradictions that just create something that's even greater, and that's the book of Galatians for me. Um, So you've got this rebuke letter, this self-serving, like, I'm a good guy, Paul letter, and an amazing book on grace. And I think that's what makes grace so beautiful. I think that's why I say grace is anarchy. There's never an asterisk by grace, because grace is for everyone. And that's what you see through this book. And, you know, you're dealing with the Gauls and, and, and a group called the Judaizers who are coming in and saying, you know, these guys, you guys have gotten the message wrong. Paul's taught you a false gospel. And Paul's trying to say, well... No, I didn't. These guys are preaching a false gospel, and let me tell you why. And so that's the argument you have here. And, and, and what's, what's really interesting is this group of Gauls, these naked warriors, <laughs> um, you know, they worship lakes and mountains and the spirits and the sky and all these things. And, and you'll notice that Paul's not really taking a ton of that away from, from them either. Like, He's more going after the fact of saying like circumcision and traditions and certain things like this are what's getting in the way if we think that those are ways to God. And so we'll, we'll get into it now. We'll start now. And uh, look at this. We're already 18 minutes in and I haven't even started. But it's because I'm so excited about the book of Galatians. I'm so excited we get to do it every year. So we'll probably do a little every week. We'll probably do a little bit like previously on, you know. And we'll touch some things, and there might be some things that I miss that we go back on. Oh, another great thing I wanted to mention about this book, too, is, is you can really see the foundation of the Apostle Paul's writing. And if you read, like, Galatians, and then you look at Romans, it's like Romans, it's like you can see, like, oh, he, you know, he, he realizes, I don't know if he realizes or not, or he just has more room, or he's just writing a longer letter. But, like, he talks about Abraham being the father of faith, but leaves out that he was, like, circumcised a few days later. But in Romans, he does mention that, and he goes through that, you know, and it's like you can see this kind of evolution in Paul's writings that are really, really cool. So we got, yeah, oh my gosh, we got so much good stuff. So much good stuff. I love, I love, it's my favorite book in the Bible. Um, so let's go into it. And this is cool, because the first thing you'll realize about the letter here is that out of all... Of, of true Pauline letters that are actually written by Paul, Galatians is the only one that omits the greeting with thanksgiving. Like, thanksgiving to God. Most, it's the only one that, I mean, that that he, he usually has like a little blessing and a little thing at the beginning of most of his his his, his letters. And this one is, does not have that. Like, he's, something's going on. There's an urgency why Paul is writing this letter. Uh, because this church is divided. So you have split things. And so what you're having is, is you have two, it seems like you have two different parties um, destroying each other and destroying a community because one believes they're right and the other one believes they're wrong. I don't know. That sounds wild to me. I can imagine living in a world where you had a right person thinking they were right and then a left person thinking, I mean, another person thinking they were right and then fighting each other and destroying each other. Weird. And what's Paul's answer to this? I mean, I'll just tell you now, it's grace because we can't wait to the end to get to that. The answer is grace, as it always is. But that's not an easy answer. You think it is. Um, so Paul omits this thanksgiving usually that he says. So he gets right into it. He goes, Paul, an apostle, sent neither by human commission nor from human authority. So he's already, the first thing he does is he's saying, I'm sent from Christ. I'm sent from God. I am, my, I am a messenger from Christ. I'm not a messenger from the apostles. I'm not a messenger from human people. I have come from God. Because he's already been said, this is everything, like he's, he's answering his critics right, I mean, the first sentence, he's answering his critics, you know. And I love the fact that this letter got sent. Like, this wasn't like he wrote it out and then it was, I mean, maybe there is a first draft that's even really harsher. It's just like, F you, Paul, you know, but... Um, 
but I love that this, this made it in. Nor from authorities, but through Jesus Christ, the God, the Father, who raised him from the dead, and whom all members of God's family who are with me. And that's it. He doesn't give thanks, you know, for anything. To the church of Galatia, grace to you, peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins and set us free from the present evil. And according to this will... According to the will of our God, the Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And usually there's some niceties in here, you know, like a little intro. This is, no, he just, he literally jumps right in to, to the meat of the story. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Now, Traditionally, these words in Greek, uh, this this uh, deserting the one who called you to grace. So different gospel and this deserting and uh, or I'm astonished how usually when speakers in, in, in biblical times and in, in, in those times when Paul was talking and in, in, in Greek authorities and things like that would write this with like, I'm astonished was usually a way of, of, of confronting a group of people who were already believing the opposite. Like, well, I'm astonished. I am shocked. Dude, I can't believe, you know, like that would be usually a way you, so there's a good chance that the Galatians were already like completely divided, you know, that this was a completely divided community and they were already at each other's throats, probably Gentiles and Jews, and of course, there's the nuance of probably Jewish folks, Jewish Christians, and Jews, you know, and, and Gentiles also who work together. So you probably maybe had two or three, maybe even four groups of people who were, you know, arguing with each other. But you know, this is wild because this this is such an amazing book on grace that it opens up with just a complete like, what in the hell have you done? You know. Um. Have you turned to a different gospel? Not that there is another gospel, but that there are some who are confusing you and want to prevent, pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or angels from the heaven should proclaim to you the gospel contrary to what we proclaim to you. He's, I like how in this, he says we, like him and his, his companions or an angel or uh, someone else comes in he's like even if i come back and tell you something different let that one be accursed as we have said before so i now repeat if anyone proclaims to you a gospel contrary what you received let that one be accursed now here's some insight on what may be happening as we go deeper every we try to go deeper every year um and this isn't that deep, but it's just one of the things that I think I noticed this year and maybe not last year and maybe years before because I can't recall every talk I've given. But is that there's a good chance that people were saying that, that, that hey, I've heard from an angel say that you need to be, um, you know, that you need to get um, cut. <laughs> and that you need to follow these certain holidays, you know, these religious holidays and, and, and do certain things in the tradition to be a real Christian. So there's a chance that maybe he's saying like, hey, even if these guys might be claiming that they've got like a message from an angel or things like that, but he's like, I'm saying my message came straight from Christ. I'm saying even if an angel comes down, may they be cursed. If anyone comes down, may they be cursed. If I come down and I preach anything else but the gospel that I preached, may I be cursed. Now here's the interesting thing um, that I'm going to bring back, and I just want you guys to think about this. I'm not. I'm not trying. I can't convince you of anything anyway. So just think on this, though. Is is we have the Apostle Paul who writes these letters, but through all of this, Paul never mentions hell. So my my worry is is that somehow hell became more of a selling point later on, or became more of an idea to put in later on to either grow the religion or make people fearful or things like that. 
I mean, here's a guy who gets three letters in the Bible not written by him. So he's saying if anybody preaches another gospel, and if you read the pastoral epistles or you read the part of uh, Corinthians, which I can't remember off the top of my head what number it is, that was, but you could Google it, it's pretty easy. It's like this section that was added in later. You know, you can see how strongly Paul was not like, yeah, you know, just, just go and, uh, just go and, uh, <laughs> you know, just, 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 just go and, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm lost my train of thought. Um, but you get where I'm going. All right. Um. That, 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 you know, I don't think Paul would be excited about the pastoral epistles. I don't think Paul would be so excited about having things added to his letters if you see how passionately he is here. And I think that's important to look at because I think that raises the concepts of like where we are at today. The fact that we have issues with the Bible, that it's, it allows us to say, okay, this isn't perfect. You know, not every book in here was inspired by God. Um, and, and that's okay. It maybe takes a little of the magic out of it. Maybe it takes a little bit of the thing out of it, but it's, it's okay. And if you say, well, no, it's not okay, Jay. I need certain. You are going to lose certainty when you lose someone you love. You're going to lose certainty when you lose a marriage, when you lose a loved one to, to cancer or disease or death or car accident or suicide or, you know, life is just full of uncertainties. And as Dr. Uh, Dr. Uh, as Paul Tillich said, you know, uh, doubt is not the opposite of faith. It's an element of faith. And um, so also the idea of like, for me, being raised in something where I was told the Bible was perfect, I had to study it as though it was perfect, but that if there was something not perfect in it, I also had to find that. So that's what the literalists did to me. So I come from that background of literalism, of inspired you know, the word is inspired, the 100 inspired, you know, it's, there's every jot and every tittle, you know, that's how I was raised. And so I read it that way, but I also studied that way. And so when I found things that didn't add up, I had to go, okay, I have to be honest with myself. And I think that's what the cool thing about growing up with my family was, is even though I don't think my dad likes that, he doesn't realize is that he put that in my head. So, and of course, my mom has always been someone who's like love triumphs over everything. Um, so here he goes. Not, there, there is another gospel. There are some who are confusing you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if angels, which we've read, in heaven should proclaim to you a gospel contrary to what we proclaim to you, that one be accursed. Now here's a wild thing. Like, the cursed part, accursed. So I was like, okay. There's got to be a, maybe this is where Paul's talking about hell or Paul's talking, uh, you know, maybe that's what he means cursed or, or things like that. And, and some of the studying I've done on this does not come back with like great explanation. Not the explanations I wanted. Like I was hoping maybe he means it figuratively, you know. Um, but at the time it was normal to curse people and ask God to curse people and to put a curse on them. And, uh, you know, cursing them would be like that they don't have a fruitful life or that they don't, you know, the crops don't rise, <laughs> sun don't shine. I mean, it was really weird things. But it was like curses in the way that we think, like magic curses. Like it was, that was a lot of the thinking in the day. So, um, I don't, think that kind of stuff works. <laughs> but that's what Paul's talking about. He's talking about a curse, like kind of like, God, get my enemies for me, you know, kind of thing. And, and maybe that's a way for us to vent to God and God going, you know, sure, 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 sure sweetheart, you know, sure, sweet guy. Um, you, you know, um, but God loves everybody as the, 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 uh, the, there's this band that said, uh, God loves everybody. Don't remind me. I always liked that line. Um, 
As I have said before, so I now repeat, if anyone proclaims to you a gospel contrary to what you received, let that one be accursed. So there you go with that curse. We can dive into that more next week if you want. You can also send me messages at Instagram on the on the Revolution Facebook or on the uh, Jay Baker one and say, hey, could you talk more about this? Or, hey, what about this? You know, as long as it's it's consistent with what we're going through, you know, we, we can figure out ways to talk about it and put it in there. Um, so you've got that, got that. So, 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 so Paul is, comes right out of the gate, angry, cursing, all this stuff. Um, you know, literally cursing, <laughs> not just cursing, not just curse words, but words of cursing. Um, because he's showing you how passionately he feels that like this is not, we can't distort this. So I, I just, I, I do want to ask you, that's the questions I want to ask you is like, is, did Paul talk about hell and we just didn't know it? Why did Paul not seem insistent on bringing it up? You know, and we have to remember that we've got gospels that are at earliest 30 years after Christ's death, but probably like 50, 60, 70 years post things have changed. Um, and, you know, that's where we get, you know, then we get people writing in Paul's name and we've got things like that. So I think these are things that we have to struggle with and we have to work through. So just as, as, as Jacob wrestled with the angel, I think we have to wrestle with these scriptures. We have to wrestle with the verses. We have to wrestle, wrestle with the message. Um, so, and we have to reclaim Paul in Christianity as well. Um, you know, we have to, we have to, you know, evangelicals really embraced Paul for a really long time. And I, and that's kind of, you know, but I found out mostly about grace through Paul and then read and got to see it through Christ. I mean, I almost went the opposite way of seeing, uh, I saw Christ through Paul's eyes rather than Paul through Christ's eyes. And now I've gone back and forth and done, tried to do the whole thing of always trying to see them through each other's eyes. But, um, but I'm very Paulinian, and I'm always really shocked by how the progressive church or the uh, liberal church, or, uh, which we've been, we'd probably be called one, but how the majority of liberal churches, maybe not the majority, but a lot of them who were loud and speak up don't like Paul and criticize Paul, you know, and oh, Paul's a homophobe and Paul's, and I'm like, there was no such thing as like knowing what there was no word homosexuality. There was no understanding of really what that was in those times, to be honest with you. Um, but Paul's this, and Paul's a son of a bitch. You know, and I'm like, well, you know, when you realize what Paul wrote and what Paul didn't write, Paul's a different person. You know, so I've become this like Paul apologist. Um, but I have to take away, taking away the bad things. But at the same time, going like, yeah, but Paul was also human, and Paul was also a product of his time, and quite amazing for the time he was in. And so we have to reclaim that. And I think that's why you see um, a lot of people in the progressive church being more open to cancel culture and things like that because they write out Paul. They have this theology of like, well, I'm a Jesus person. I love Jesus. Yeah, but that's great. But you also have a lot of hell in there and you're understanding it as Jesus saying, we've got a tor torture chamber for you if you don't listen to me. And so if you're listening to that and you're not getting a lot of grace from the Apostle Paul and hearing his message of like grace is sufficient, grace is you are accepted... You know, I'm not saying they're at battle, but what I'm saying is you have to have them together. And if you don't have them together, you're not, I don't think you're experiencing the religion of Christianity. You know, so I think you've got to have these books together. Um, I think that's important. It is for me, you know, for me to be as a, te a, 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 a capable teacher of the Christian religion, the Christian faith. I, I've got to have all of them. And I think we see a lot of that canceled culture and that lot no restoration idea of like screw them because they don't recognize me kind of idea and paul's saying like you've got to understand like we've got to show each other grace or we're going to destroy each other type of thing like, we got to see that you know and you do have christ saying like i want you to love each other and how people will know that you belong to me by your love for one another but in some way we've uh, allowed certain ideas of, of our dante's concepts of hell and the things like that have grown over time to 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 pollute our minds and to pollute the way we see this till we become these graceless people 
But we're like, but we love the poor and we love the Beatitudes. I'm like, yeah, but do you mind the part where you have to love your enemies and do all this stuff at the end? You know, and like, there's a lot of that stuff is there. You know, the loving the people who don't recognize your humanity. I mean, you know, Jesus was in occupied territory. Jesus was seen as scum and, and the least of these. So that's, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, I mean, I, I mean, it's pretty amazing that what Jesus, the grace Jesus is showing to us, these people who say, we don't really, we see you as subhuman. I mean, this is who Jesus is amongst, you know, and Paul comes on the scene. What we're just about to hear in the second is Paul comes onto the scene as a, apostle but as a as just as a former person who did not recognize christian doesn't recognize christians or christian jews or foreigners in his religion and want to destroy them and have them all put out so that's where paul's coming from so i mean when you look at these kind of these ideas of like where paul's coming from where jesus was coming from and you're going like and they're trying to bring people together but they're bringing literally people together who were killing them, destroying their lives, hanging them on crosses, and doing things like that. And then we're like, oh my gosh, they didn't say the right words, or they didn't do the right thing, or, you know, they voted differently than me, you know? And like, and we're like, oh, I can't stand them, you know? I'm like, I'm, everybody thinks they're being persecuted for one reason or another, but we don't really know what real persecution, a lot of us in this country, in America, don't know exactly what real persecution is. Well, oh, they made fun of me, and they did this. You know what? I grew up from like 11 to like 18, almost every night, seeing a joke about my parents on television, you know, slipping into a church, hearing a sermon that was negative about my parents. Uh, I mean, I, we just made this documentary and there's things in there I don't like to hear, you know? Like, I know what it's like to be talked bad about and not to be seen as, as, as the scene is like gross or, or, or not cared about or, or, or negatively, you know? But, but what I think the gospel does is it calls us to say, accept ourselves. We're greater than that. We accept ourselves from those things and rise above those things and love others and set them free from what really is the enemy is misinformation. And if you see that that's what Paul's dealing with here is he's saying another gospel, a false gospel, pretending to be the good news. He's saying there has become, because he doesn't mention names in here. He's saying there is a false gospel. And it's come in here and your misinformation is destroying your guys' lives. That's what he's saying. So he's saying the same thing that Dr. King said is that people aren't my enemies. My enemy is misinformation. And we've got to help educate people. And this is what Paul is saying. Like, you've been misinformed. This is, you are become victims of misinformation. So then in 10, Paul says, am I now seeking human approval or God's approval? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And Paul is once again, I think, hitting his enemies. I'm sure they're saying like Paul's trying to be a people pleaser and saying that you guys don't have to... Uh, have to be circumcised or do these things and oh Jesus just loves everybody <laughs> you know I've heard it a million times in my life I've been called a people pleaser and an ear tickler and all that kind of stuff my whole life um, and it's really strange is because the people who, who who said those things about me you know have churches ten times bigger than mine um, but it's because God took his hand off of me and off of my ministry when I started including more people. Um, tickling those ears. But Paul is saying, I'm not seeking human approval. And he was being accused. I'm sure that that's what's happening is he's being accused of that. And I would not be a servant of Christ. And I find that to be so true. Like we don't realize, like, like I think about Carlton Pearson, who had this mega church and was like really the, 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 the heir to the throne for Oral Roberts because Richard wasn't doing it for him. And he comes out and says, I don't believe in hell and loses everything. Loses everything because he doesn't believe in hell. 
you know, and I think that's what I think is it's like, and I thought about like he he loses everything because he thinks too much of God's love. That he doesn't think that God would be capable of torturing people for eternity. And he loses everything for that. And I thought about it, like, wouldn't it be wild, like, if, if, if you know, the people who took over, like, took away all of his members and started their own church and stuff, and, and you know, they're in heaven one day, and God just decides to have fun with them. I don't think this is going to happen. This is my this is my J fiction. This is my revelation, my book of Revelation. Because I just think Revelation is revenge born and not great book. Um, but is is like, hey, so you guys, you know, Carlton thought I was too loving to have a burning house. You guys left and kicked him out and said he was bad and, because he thought, like, I couldn't torture people for eternity. And they'd be like, of course, yeah, that was us. We told him. And I'm like, well, guess what? I don't torture people for eternity. And now I'm stuck with you for eternity. Um, I was just trying to think of how that would play out. Um, so, so even when inclusion is, like, there's just no tickling ears. You know, and they think, well, i got to tell the truth. And God hates these people. You know, like. That's not good news. That's not love. That's not grace. That's not compassion. So how, how is it that when we do go inclusive, we also get, I don't know, I would just say like, you know, beware when people accuse you of tickling ears and it costs you everything. You might be on the right way, the right path. Um... Trying to see if I should go on or, or stop it here. You know, I think I've been so passionate and so crazy that maybe, you know what? Yeah, let's do that. Let's go into, let's just do part one, half of part one this week, which we got down to 10, and then we'll start at 11. And we're in no rush. I don't have to be anywhere at the end of Galatians. I don't think there's anywhere I need to be, no? So that's good. Let's, let's savor it. Um, because it's a good book. I hope this is, is encouraging you. Maybe you can even, you know, if you want to follow along. Here, I'll try it again. Um, with this. With this Galatians, you know, because you can tell I'm a serious, I'm a serious theologian by this. Um, this is the, one of the books I'll be reading and, and doing my study from. And then there's about 20 other books books on Galatians over there as well, but this is my newest one, so my favorite, and um, we're going to tear through this thing, but we're going to have a good time, and uh, I hope, uh, I hope, uh, I hope this encourages you to feel accepted, and I hope this helps our community continue to encourage people to, to, to love each other despite their differences, and, and, and really fight uh, misinformation rather than one another. I, I have a high, 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 high hopes. There's a reason this we do this book once a year. I had to start doing it at the beginning of every year because I realized like if I didn't do it at the beginning of every year, <laughs> I would um, I would read it five times. You know, even if I didn't do it in order, all my sermons would come from it and everything. And so I was like, okay, I gotta let's just set a time for Galatians so we don't go too crazy. Um, so I'm. This is the kind of the Bible I had before, but I had good news is that, and I don't know if it's here, um, someone returned my Bible that fell out of my backpack like two weeks ago. Someone called me and met me on the corner and returned my Bible. Unfortunately, it uh, got rained on and got soaked in water and then got found at a, at, a, uh, at a drugstore. So somebody got it, picked it up, took it to a drugstore, and it got left in a drugstore and kind of rained on and kind of gross, but I want to keep it because it has a lot of sentimentality stuff for me. I got it when I was in Brooklyn and I really loved it. So, um, but luckily I found the same Bible on eBay for $15. So it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a Duke university, but how cool is that? They saw the number and said, Hey, this looks like it might have some, some sentimental meaning to you. And I would love for you to, to, uh, have it back. And, uh, they did. And it was like, this probably like a 25 year old punk rock kid which was ironic you know and he sees the old punk rock dude and he's like here you know and that was it 
was very kind. So, you know, cool. How cool is that? A little hope there. Well, have a great week. Hey, listen, we do need your support. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I, 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 the reason I, I'm so open about this, and some people have said I've been a little bit too open about our need here, is because um, our finance folks are pretty honest with me about our need for it, you know? So when I get an email uh, from New York, <laughs> um, from our financial folks who do all our finances and they really are tough with me and, and pretty like, Hey, you got to get, Hey, we need this, you know, because they also get paid because of, you know, they get paid to do all this stuff. And if we don't have money, they don't get paid as well. And, um, and, and they're like, Hey, this is where we're at. You know, like we had like a thousand dollars come in last week and I was just like blown away by it, you know? And they're like, yeah, it wasn't enough, Jay. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so I'm just trying to be honest and not tickle any ears, I guess. We really do need your support financially. So if this is something that, that, that means a lot to you, this is how I'm going to, you know, this is, this is how we do it. <laughs> um, I, I'm hoping when I get back from Sundance to, to find some sort of fun, loving job, funnish job of bookstore employee or things like that. I keep going back to the same bookstore <laughs> thinking that maybe they'll just hire me if they see me more because I, I also turned in an application. So, um, but I'd like to, work. there's one right by my house and I really like to work there. Um, and they also do a lot of fun Instagram stories, you know, with, with the people who work there. So it would be fun because I, I love Instagram. I love books. I love stories. Anyway, thanks a lot, everybody. Uh, Happy New Year. And here's to uh, 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 here's to a, to a wonderful, uh, unexpectedly, who knows what. I'm not going to say what. Why do we always have such high expectations on New Year's? Let's, I, I think if we've learned anything from the past like five years, it's like, let's lower the expectations a little bit. You know, people are like, I've got victory in Jesus. But, you know, the more God reveals itself to me, <laughs> their self to me, uh, the harder life is, you know, the harder. <laughs> so usually, like I see all these people are like, I take drugs to meet Jesus. And I'm like, man, I don't usually meet Jesus in the euphoric state. Um, I usually meet Jesus like abandoned by God, weeping horribly, abandoned by people I love in my shower. And that's when I realize Jesus is there when God's gone and everybody else is gone too. So, um, Maybe I should start taking people on, on trips like that. Like they'll think, hey, what do we do in ayahuasca? I think, no, no, we're just going to get really, really sad and take showers. And we'll, not, maybe not together, because that would be a different kind of ministry. All right, anyway, I digress. Love you guys. How do you connect to donate? Oh, thank you, Charles, for asking. Um, <laughs> revolutionchurch.com. If you go to revolutionchurch.com, there's a PayPal and uh, there is a, uh, what's the other one called? Um, it's there. You'll see it. Um, it took us forever to pick it up. I don't know why it's, 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 it's losing my mind. There's two different pay, pay ways to pay, uh, to donate. They're like pay, like when you pay your friends back and things like that. And a lot of you are like, oh, Jay, I don't know how to do it. I promise you, it is not that hard to sign up for those things. Especially PayPal that's been around forever. And who, I don't like to support PayPal. Well, don't think of it as supporting PayPal. Think of it as helping support our church and our work and our things until we can get something better that makes you really happy. But uh, it took us forever to get these these set up for nonprofit, and it's really hard to do that. And so if you have another one that's like, oh, well, I really like Tree Fart, you know, like, well, it's probably going to take us six months to get on to Tree Fart. So please uh, consider filling out and joining PayPal and saying, oh, I hate PayPal and just signing back up to PayPal. Your account's probably, you forgot to forgot to close your account anyway. Um, and you can get through there on revolutionchurch.com. It really helps. Um, you can also set up a time, you know, a monthly donation thing and like that. It really helps. I mean, it really, it, it keeps this thing going and especially in such uncertain times. And I know you guys don't have a lot of money, but other ways you can do it is, you know, share our stuff on, on Instagram shares. Only revolution now is on Twitter. I, I got off of Twitter, but revolution church is still on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter and you can retweet. You can even like stuff like nobody likes anything on Twitter. I got off Twitter cause I was like, nobody likes anything. No one retweets anything. No one seems to really, there's just nothing seemed, I don't be gaining a lot of interest here. 
and it's just kind of sad to me, but we kept the revolution one. And if you guys boast up the revolution one, how people, you know, if you're on Twitter still go to, you know, share that, share us on Facebook, share us online. You leave a great comment, you know, leave a like, like this, like, and follow uh, us on YouTube. That really, really helps. And have your friends like and follow us and put on the notifications so you know, like if we decide to do a surprise YouTube talk or something like that, it'll bing, you at least know it's there, you know. Um, or if you're doing something on Sunday and you forgot, you'll be notified, um, you know. And if you like it and you give the thumbs up, the thumbs ups really help. You know, my son's eight years old and um, tells me all about this and he loves all these guys who eat hot sauce and stuff and Mr. Beast. But these, these thumbs ups by liking our content or by signing up to Facebook and liking our content really, really helps us do better. Sharing it helps. So the more folks we have that follow us, like us, do that, that also helps. There's other ways to help than just giving money. Um, but right now, what our need is financial. And I can't wait for our need to be like, oh, we need a volunteer to do this, or we need to hire somebody to do this. I want to have that need, but without the finances, those needs will not be there. Um, we won't be here barely. And, uh, and it's less time for me to read long, boring books to, to talk about all this kind of stuff. So, um, hi, Rob. Yes, of course I remember you. All right, everybody. Be blessed. See you on the other side. Uh, Galatians part one, part one and a half next week. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website.